listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising as usual. Top of the show, find me on Instagram, always be booked. YouTube, Facebook, always be booked. And please, I need the emails, questions, comments, concerns, corrections, whatever. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And also, most importantly, please subscribe, uh, listen, download, share. Uh, the, the show on iTunes as well as Stitcher. We really, really appreciate the ratings and reviews. If you get a chance to do one of those, that would go uh, a very long way and, 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 and just help us out a lot. Um, all right, so let's get into the show. Want to move along? We got a lot of stuff to cover here. I think I think we got a lot of stuff. I'm not sure. Sometimes you do a lot of the show prep and it feels like it's a lot more than it really is, but we're about to find out. I think we got a lot of stuff action packed, chock full of information and, uh, Whatever, who else, who who knows what else on the show coming up. All right, we are booked, starting with that, as of yesterday. booked. We were booked on the Vista, so just to recap this whole story. We were booked in the Carnival Vista, and uh, just after doing that research on the air, we told you about the comparison between the Vista and the Escape. We kind of came to the conclusion that we wanted to do the Escape, and we were going to sit out the Vista Thinking that it was no problem, we were just, you know, we were way, way, way within the 150-day mark, so I thought I was getting my money back. I, of course, was negligent as far as reading the information and doing my due diligence, but oh well. So I wasn't going to get money back, but what I was going to get is cruise credit back. So that was fine. We couldn't get the cash back. Chris, I forgot. So my buddy Chris, who we've cruised with before and who's actually been on the show before, uh, he was also booked on the Vista in a separate room. I had forgotten that. You know, you move away. You're not in New York anymore, and <laughs> you forget. So I told Chris, I'm like, you know what? We're going to do the escape. And he goes, I, I, well, dude, we're booked on the Vista. I'm like, you actually booked that too? I thought I was the only one who booked it. So he was like, all right, whatever, no problem. I was like, but we can't get the cash back. If you want to, I'll just cancel the escape and we'll just stay with the Vista. He's like, no, let's do it, whatever we got to do. So he found out that we both found we both know we couldn't get the cash back. So we figured we had credit and, oh, oh well, twist our arm. Let's find another cruise, whether it was going to be the next spring or whether we were going to just change this, uh, you know, whatever. So what we wanted to do was look for something that was close to the same time and also out of Miami so we can parlay that seven-day cruise on the escape to something simple like an intro cruise or like maybe a post escape and maybe a decompression cruise whatever it is so what we found was that the carnival the only thing that really was available uh that would kind of make the dates work out was the carnival victory and that was a four-day cruise that was going to be on september 29th uh key west and cozumel uh you know then what we would do is have the night in South Beach, so we'd get back on the 29th. We'd have that night in South Beach. Stu uh, from Riptism would fly in, and uh, the three of us would be ready for our seven-day cruise uh, to Cozumel, Costa Maya, Honduras, and Harvest K, the new, uh, I guess, private island in Belize, Norwegian's private island. So we're set for that. So this is uh, something we're really, really excited about. It's not quite a back-to-back because we have that one day in the middle, but we are on two back-to-back cruises pretty much with the one night in South Beach in between. Should be uh, 
We're equally nervous as excited for that trip because uh, that's going to be out of control. And uh, we're just going to have – I'm going to have to express uh, – display some discipline and try to just keep things under control i'm trying i gotta figure out i'm there's no way i could drink for 12 days straight uh i don't know i'm sure chris will big shout out to chris uh he will probably be have seven different wardrobe changes costume changes him and Stu. i gotta i gotta tell you guys him and Stu are not the most compatible cruise buddies Stu is kind of like a little bit more of a metro guy a little bit more you know hair is always tight like we talked about loves to tan loves to keep it you know he likes to go into the you know going you know when when he's hitting on the pockets he likes to roll in kind of cool and kind of smooth chris goes the opposite way you know he wears stitch outfits on on deck he has giant hats i don't even know what the hell he's wearing half the time one time he had a top gun jumpsuit he's sailing in i can't keep up with all the stuff and they just don't they don't necessarily have the same style and i'm kind of uh the go between the mediator in the middle You'll notice uh, one of the Instagram posts I had, Chris was, uh, you know, we got room service and Chris was in his underwear and the room service lady came down and uh, as she was bringing the trays, Chris decided to jump on top of the cart and she was a great sport. She started wheeling him down in his underwear uh, at three in the morning and it was just a little weird, a little weird. What can I tell you? But we sure as hell are looking forward to both of these cruises, looking forward to checking out the Carnival Victory too. Now, I know this ship was was made it was built in 2000 and i know it's going to be a little rough around the edges probably but we're still going to enjoy it and uh you know i'm glad that that's the first one because i would hate to get off a beautiful ship like the escape and then pop on the carnival victory but i would still do it and still find a way to have an absolute blast but i think it'll be cool that we're starting out on the carnival victory and then we're going to make our way onto the escape so it'll be an upgrade and that'll be the grand finale all right so that's that. Uh, really excited about that, as if you couldn't tell. And let's get into some cruise news right now. Mexican Riviera and West Coast cruise numbers are down a little bit for the second year in a row, actually. Uh, things were looking good in 2014 and 2015. There was a big jump in cruise traffic after a lot of the violence that was going on, um, and it seemed to have subsided a little bit. The all-time high for that part of the, uh, you know, up that part of the country as far as cruising was 2008, when 1.2 million passengers uh, were 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 basically cruising out of there. But then things did take a turn for the worse, and there was a lot of violence, you know, regarding you know the next couple of years. And then, uh, you know, there was, you know, you guys all know about what happened in Mexico. There was a bunch of uh, the the drug trade was picking up and the cartels were taking power. There were people getting kidnapped, people getting killed. Tourists were getting killed on a regular basis. That seems to have subsided after that and uh, was cleared up. And it led to a resurgence in 2014 and 2015. So you were at your high in 2008. Hit the skids a little bit from 2009 to 2013. And 2014 was phenomenal. And then there was a bleed over in 2015. Then for whatever reason, the past two years have crept back down. See, in 2015, there were 909,200 passengers. And in 2000, there were 868,362 passengers. And that was a 4% drop. This year, the projections are looking like there's going to be 830,406 passengers, which is another 4% down. So it's not crazy. It's not a, you know, collapse like it was, you know, from 2008 into 2010, but 
it is a little bit of a drop, and uh, hopefully we get that going. Let's go West Coast. West Coasters out there, let's start booking some cruises and getting those numbers back up. And uh, big shout-out to Juan Valdez, who uh, sent me an email last week. He he, he actually, I didn't, I, I didn't even address this part of it, but he says he's encouraging me to. He says the West Coast is the best coast for me to take a trip out to the West Coast and do a Mexican Riviera cruise. Juan, thank you, buddy. But uh, for right now, it's not in the cards. I'm, you know, huddling close to the Caribbean. You know, I'm going to do my Caribbean cruises and uh, for for a little while. You know, I, I do have a Panama Canal cruise in mind. And if that happens, I'm sure I will be hitting up some of the uh, – because I'm thinking about doing a one-way from uh, Fort Lauderdale or Miami up to San Diego. And I will get a good little run of Puerto Vallada, Ensenada, maybe, uh, you know – Cabo San Lucas. Maybe I will do that run, but I don't know. From what I hear, I don't know. The Caribbean's the place to be. You guys let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I don't want to start a Biggie and Tupac thing going here with the East Coast versus West Coast, but you guys tell me what you think. All right, switching gears to the northern invasion, the continued northern invasion of North America, that is MSC Cruise Line. They recently christened their newest ship, uh, the MSC Meraviglia. Not that the Meraviglia will be based over this way, but, you know, she is a beast and, you know, it's just MSC and I know they are kind of, uh, you know, we already talked about it. They are definitely trying to get their foothold in the North American market. This is worth mentioning because it is the newest, I'm sorry, the largest new build for MSC and it will be the largest ship that will be built in 2017 overall. It's going to be 171,598 tons. And uh, <clears throat> they, uh, so a gentleman by the name of Pierre Francisco, uh, never trust the guy with two names, by the way, Vargo. So Pierre Francisco Vargo, who is MSC's executive chairman. So that's a title, huh? Executive chairman. All these titles, everybody, every title seems more important than the other. The executive vice president, the chairman of the board, the executive chairman, the executive producer. I, I, can't, I mean, where are all these titles? What does that guy actually do? Who knows? But either way, he had the following statement. We have an ambitious vision for the future, and the MSC Meraviglia marks the start of the second phase of growth for our company. It sounds like a world takeover, doesn't it? <laughs> for this reason, the evening is an extremely proud moment for all of us at MSC Cruises as we see the first of our next generation ships being named. Why does this whole MSC thing seem like an attempted world domination thing to me? It seems like very hostile. I know it's not, but it's just, I don't know. I watch too many movies. I feel like I'm watching Doctor Evil or some other movie character trying to seek world domination, or like or like Drago and his managers in Rocky Four. You know what I mean? Pierre Francisco continues: the new ships that we are building between 2017 and 2020 alone, we will receive six new ships. Our purpose-built. I guess he's kind of speaking in fragments here. Uh, they're purpose-built, featuring innovations in both product and design as well as the very latest cutting-edge marine and consumer-facing technology to create unforgettable holiday experiences at sea for guests of all ages. MSC Meraviglia is the first to make this vision come to life as it sets a new standard for cruise ships as a destination in itself. We will destroy the Americans. (laughs) I don't know. No, I'm sure it's not hostile. Everybody's There's enough for everybody. It's just like, you know... It just seems like they're, you know, they did what they did. They did what they did in the Mediterranean. They took over South America, and they clearly have their sights on North America. 
They do have a long way to go to be able to put a dent in, you know, the big three market. But like we talked about it a couple of shows ago, they are pro- projected and predicted. It's predicted that they will edge their way into the big three and maybe kind of even possibly surpass Norwegian in guests. Um, what is very exciting about this is that the absolutely legendary Sophia Loren is the godmother of the, of the Meraviglia. Uh, you want to talk about all-time beautiful women and all-time Hollywood actresses who, I mean, her look was groundbreaking. It was a contrast to all the blondes and, you know, the, the, the typical Hollywood look that had been dominating the motion picture industry. She kind of was a little bit groundbreaking in that. And, I mean, Sophia Loren was a knockout. I mean, she... A lot of times it's, you know, some of them, uh, they're all movie stars, so they're very pretty. But, I mean, Sophia Loren, she she holds up today. Her, people like her, Ava Gardner, damn. I mean, you kidding me? Is that a type? Do I have a type? Am I uh, telling you guys? Who knows? All right, moving on. Big news. If you are intent on sailing to Cuba, if that is a cruise goal of yours, then how should I put this? I don't know. You might want to get on that. ABC News has reported last week that the current U.S. administration is set to roll back many of the legislation that has allowed us now to travel to Cuba so freely and easily. The proposed changes would introduce regulations that would make traveling to and from the island much more difficult. ABC said that more news would follow later this month. I have no idea uh, what that would mean for cruises that are already booked, so I can't tell you if it's a good idea or not to hurry up and book now, but it might be. I mean, if you are interested in going to Cuba, I would say you might want to book it ASAP because I'm thinking, and again, I don't know this, they won't cancel the sailings that are booked, right? I'm thinking that once they decide that the Cuba thing is not going to happen anymore, if that does come to fruition, I would say that they would probably just say you can't book anymore. But I don't know. Do your due diligence, but in the, in whatever regard, you may want to look into your Cuba sailing right now if uh, Cuba is a cruise goal of yours. I have no idea. Again, please don't quote me on that. I'm not going to lie to you guys and tell you guys. if you As long as you book now, you'll be fine because I don't know that that is the case. All right. Royal Caribbean. Funny thing about Royal Caribbean, I got finally, after all this time, trying to bust my ass to get in touch with the casino department and get something, uh, you know, whatever, free cruise, whatever it is. I, I, I honestly think that the level I went in at was warranting a free cruise. Didn't get the free cruise, but funny situation is that I did get an email from them today, and the deal they threw at me, I posted it on Instagram which was a 60% off my second guest and uh, $200 in casino credit. Very, very funny. Really, really good deal. It's not a game changer deal, is it, right? After, you know, my I'll be at full price, and then whoever I go with will be at 60% off, but that will be 60% off the price of the cruise. That probably won't include uh, 60% off of the taxes and port charges, right? So at the end of the day, it'll probably be like, a I don't know, 30% off the cruise, 35% off the cruise, which is still really good. But uh, also, yeah, $200 in cruise, cre- uh, I'm sorry, casino credit. That sounds cool. Well, either way. Royal, um, but I'm not going to be able to do it because they tell me I have to sail by December 31st and I'm doing a back-to-back-ish type cruise and uh, I'm not going to be able to get off work for that long. Like I said, know what I really want. I mean, do I want to take an 11, 12-day cruise run and then go back on a ship? And, you know, I just don't, I mean, it's a little much, right? 
I mean, probably not. It's probably never too much, but I probably just should be a little bit more responsible work-wise. All right, moving on. Royal Caribbean is doing really, really cool for anyone, but pretty much an astronomer's wet dream, to be honest with you, in the form of a total solar eclipse cruise on the Oasis of the Seas this August. This eclipse is set to happen on August 21st. Do you think Royal Caribbean, uh, who had another great year uh in, in, in sales has enough money to change the date of the eclipse if that day doesn't work for them just kidding they said they're planning a very very special bucket list worthy cruise with a major headlining musical act that will be named at a later time how could it be anyone else how could anybody else even be considered besides bonnie taylor right total eclipse of the heart i'm sorry i did it again i gotta stop i sang I should never sing. Uh, actually, the Dan Band version. You know the Dan. You know the song, right? Total Eclipse of the Heart. I know I'm a little old, but um, you know the youngsters. There's a really very. You, you know, I know you heard it. If you don't know it by the title, just check it out. Google it. Total Eclipse of the Heart. The Dan Band, who was cool, sort of like a you know one of those comedy musical acts. They did a version of it, hysterical. They'd say a lot of profanity stuff in it, and it's like this all emotional ballad, and they're lacing it with f bombs and stuff like that. We used to play it in the bars all the time. But very, very funny. Anyway, guests on Oasis the Seas will be treated to a full slate of eclipsed-themed activities, including dance parties, trivia, enrichment lectures, interactive science, fun for kids, uh, tasty cocktails and dishes with names like the Cosmic Cosmo, the Planetary Punch, and the Moon Pie. Ensuring the most memorable and adventurous way to commemorate the event. The cruise sets sail on August 20th out of Miami. There will be seven other Royal Caribbean ships that will be at sea while this happens. But they are saying the Oasis of the Seas is the one that you want to be on because it's going to have the best view. And which is why, and it's probably the biggest ship, one of the biggest ships. Again, it is by a hair the second biggest, the third biggest ship. Um, so you already know you're at a you're on a monster ship, but um, there will be seven other Royal Caribbean ships out there at sea. Uh, speaking of theme music and speaking of the Oasis of the Seas, some of you might know that myself and the lovely Miss Kay had a great great time uh, on the Oasis of the Seas when we were on it a couple of months back. And in the spirit of how much fun we had and how much we indulged in the many different selections of boozing available, uh, I wrote a song. <laughs> I'm at it again. I shouldn't say I wrote a song, but I wrote the lyrics. I wrote a, I wrote lyrics to a song that was already made. Uh, it was already made by a gentleman by the name of Garth Brooks. He wrote the song, and it's called Friends in Low Places. I slightly altered it. My version is called I Got Drunk on the Oasis. Instead of I Got Friends in Low Places, I Got Drunk on the Oasis. That was my version. Uh, I have my buddy Tyler working on it, and it's almost completed. But he has a finished version of... Uh, that was, I guess, we we still wanted to do some revisions to it, uh, but I do have a reversion that is finished, and he's going to, I guess, still continue to work on it. I can't help myself. I'm going to debut it right here and right now. I don't want you guys to have to wait. I can't wait to share it with you guys. Uh, what he's going to do is still clean it up a little bit in about another day or two. I'm going to have a revised final version, and I'm going to release that as its own podcast. So you'll see when you see uh, Drunk on the Oasis song or whatever that's not going to be an actual podcast that will be just the song so that if any of you want just that file by itself you can have it congratulations from you to me and uh 
as you guys probably know, I will do a YouTube version of that and hopefully find some cool pictures to go along with it. It'll kind of be, uh, you know, in the same vein of when I did the 12 Days of Christmas. If you haven't seen the 12 Days of Christmas, you can see that on Always Be Booked uh, on the YouTube channel. And uh, we'll probably launch that out halfway to Christmas. Hopefully you guys will enjoy that, get a little bit of a kick out of it. We're just having having some fun. So uh, I guess, yeah, without further ado, written by myself and my buddy Garth and performed by Tyler, here is I Got Drunk on the Oasis. Blame it all on the booze. I showed up to the cruise. Already half in the bag Had about three or four I'm away seven more I know this is about to get bad I saw the surprise And the fear in the eyes Of all the families that came to relax There's a middle-aged guy Sliding across deck five And he ain't wearing no slacks I got drunk on the oasis When I look at you I see two faces It's still the first day Now I'm sure I'll be Pass me a glass 
right, don't say we are not a variety show here at Always Be Booked. Okay, so now, hope you guys enjoyed that. If you uh, <laughs> if you did, once it comes up on YouTube, please share it. You know, listen to it as many times as you like. Again, that was just like basically the sneak preview version. <clears throat> there is going to be a uh, final complete version that you will be able to get on this uh, on this thread. You know, on this podcast, you'll see, and it'll be labeled just drunk on the oasis or something to that effect where you're just pretty much going to know that it is only the song and not an actual typical podcast all right so what we wanted to do for this episode is break down something that is a little bit of a polarizing topic as well Uh, some people are really into it some people think it's weird some people wouldn't do it any other way and it is going solo that's right solo cruising uh, cruising solo is another polarizing subject. As I said, there are many people that would never think of cruising solo uh, for several reasons, whether it's safety, whether it's loneliness, whether it's they're embarrassed, whether, you know, one of the biggest ones is that it's too expensive. You know what I mean? You have to a lot of times pay for the double occupancy. And that's a reason why a lot of people don't solo cruise. The truth is, in my opinion, and in a lot of other people's opinions through the research I've done over the course of the week, is that there's way more reasons to cruise solo than reasons not to. And, you know, the truth is, none of us never know. If you're listening to the show, that means you are likely passionate about cruising, and you will take a vacation at sea any way you can get one. Besides, while traveling with friends, families, loved ones, might be your preferred method of travel, uh, the truth is you'll never really know when the opportunity or circumstances might arise that have you considering a solo cruise. So, I mean, me personally, I think about it all the time. I wonder how I would do since I'm not a natural extrovert per se, but at the same time, I am able to kind of turn it on when I want to, if I'm put in a position where I have to. Like, for instance, when I first moved, my first time moving to Florida, you know, I came from New York and, you know, tight group of friends and really never had to really step out on a limb. We were kind of on on our own little island and we were just like, it was like a family, Um I knew that I wanted to try something else, and I moved to West Palm Beach. And while it has never been necessarily uh, natural for me to just go up to people, I realized that I would have to. And you know what? It was one of the best experiences I had. Uh, So kind of right now, my situation is that I have a pretty flexible schedule in terms of when I can get away. I am single. Uh, So I don't have the same domestic responsibilities that would keep most of my old friends from being able to just pick up and cruise. Me and my buddies I grew up with always, we always talk about, even with the wives, we talk about doing a big group with the families, the kids, everybody. But I kind of know that the chances of that are pretty much slim to none. We have a three-week process pretty much every time we try to plan out our annual birthday and holiday dinners, let alone a seven-day cruise. So it always crosses my mind at some point I'm going to want to keep cruising and there's going to be that time when, you know what, nobody else is available. In fact, I think I'm looking into a Panama Canal sailing for next spring. And since the duration will probably be at least 11, 12, 13 days or whatever it is, I'm probably not going to find someone who's able to take on that expense as well as that kind of, get that kind of time off from work. But who knows? Again, the, the solo cruise aspect of it will make it a lot more expensive. There's a lot of options, though. So, I mean, I'll remember one on one of my first cruises with Nick. We were on the Splendor. Man, we had a great crowd on that particular cruise. We met this one group of girls, and we ended up hitting it off with them pretty good. From brunch to dinner, karaoke, deck parties to the club late night. We were with these, you know, we just kind of hit it off. It was good. It was good, and we still stay in touch with some of them to this day. Uh, 
This was the uh, <laughs> this was the cruise where security knew my name, and uh, all you would hear across the ship, and that was kind of like an inside joke with the whole group, was Thomas, no. You would just hear, I would do something. Thomas, no. And security just knew who I was, and they would follow me around. Like I said, it was my earlier days in cruising when I was a little bit more wacky than I am now. Well, you know, I still have my moments, but whatever. Uh, I was doing crazy stuff on this cru- the cruise. I was trying to take potted floor plants, those giant potted uh, floor plants from the jazz lounge. I had to drag them across the promenade into the comedy club <clears throat> and then question and wonder why anybody thought that there was a problem with that. I tried to roll. I actually tried to roll the piano from the piano bar into the casino. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it was late, so nobody really paid attention for a little while. Then people started seeing me and uh, like, Thomas, no, you can't. Thomas, absolutely no. <laughs> the, the piano has to go back into the piano bar. So I'm like, all right, party poopers, whatever. I One time I actually tried to take a lounge chair into the elevator with the intentions of bringing it into the nightclub to put it out on the dance floor and kind of lay on the dance floor. That was one I couldn't pull off. But um, either way, again, Thomas, no. But uh, anyway, we met these girls. We were, there was one there. Her name was uh, Dee. And she seemed to be the ringleader of the crew. And she was kind of everywhere, doing everything. She was like the first one up at karaoke, the first one on the dance floor. The rest of the girls that she was with would just always follow her lead. <clears throat> it was kind of awesome. And I was like, oh, all right, it's clear to see like who's kind of calling the shots and running the show within that group. It wasn't until day three that we found that D was not even booked with them at all. As we got to know them, they told us that they just met her on day one of the cruise. And then talking to D, she told us, obviously, that that was the truth. And uh, she was completely... Uh, completely cruising totally solo and this was not beyond that this was actually her very very first cruise so that's probably an example of either one or two things she just has the type of mentality and that's what i think it was i think d just looked very natural in it she would just pop out if there was nobody dancing <clears throat> we'd be on the lido deck at the bar drinking or whatever and everybody would be chilling out kind of hanging out in the sun the band would start playing all of a sudden they would you know kick into the electric slide or whatever and she was just very casual. Well, I'm going to get this started. And she would just kind of go out there, not even necessarily just trying to put on a show or be ridiculous like <laughs> like me or Nick would have been doing. She was just out there. You know what? I'm, I'm here. I'm on a cruise. Let's do it. Let's start electric sliding. And she would get it going, and everybody would just kind of follow her. Uh, most of us know a D in our lives, no? I mean, we all kind of know that person. I know a few. Uh, the type of person that just has a gravitational pull unto themselves. I mean, God bless. That's certainly not me. I'm actually, sometimes I'm envious of that, but hey, you have to know who you are, and in the event you do consider cruising solo, for whatever reason, and you are not blessed with the natural attraction skills of someone like D, uh, let's talk about some ways, some ways you can still really get a lot of enjoyment out of your trip as a solo cruiser. So, first and foremost, let's talk about the cruise lines that are most, I guess, solo cruise friendly, and you got to pick the right one. First and foremost, I'm going to mention, you know, Norwegian. Uh, also, another good one is Holland America and Royal Caribbean. Those are the three that, you know, and again, this is, let's just talk about cruise lines right now that in in some ways actually look for and cater to the solo cruiser. That doesn't mean Carnival is a bad solo cruise ship because it really, at the end of the day, it's about you. It's about your personality. It's what you're going to do when you get on the ship. But let's just talk about these three cruise lines first. So Norwegian Cruise Line. First and foremost, uh, they're an obvious choice because of the fact that 
their newer ship ships, starting with the Epic and then every ship after, including all Breakaway and Breakaway Plus class ships, Norwegian has had great response over their solo cabins. These are 100 square foot units that are ultra efficient and they have just enough room to nicely fit a bed, bathroom, TV, closet space. Uh, actually, Chris is booked on one for our escape cruise. So we will get a review from him when we get back and he'll give us an idea of, of you know, his experience on a solo cruise. Not, not a solo cruise, a, a solo studio cabin. And also a really cool feature of that is that all the uh, studio cabins lead to this one studio lounge, which is a bar that is exclusive to those who are staying in the studio staterooms. They give you your own rooms. They give you a private bar full of solo cruises and a cocktail hour before dinner. You can't really ask for much more than that if you are trying to meet people. Um, one thing you'll have to remember is that, again, we, we mentioned they're very popular, so you'll want to book them early because they go fast. We're going to move into Holland America, and I know Holland America isn't on a lot of people's radar, and I know it doesn't speak to a lot of the younger cruises out there, <clears throat> and Holland America is known for longer itineraries and world cruises, but I know there are people of all ages listening to this thing, so that is the one reason they have become so good at hosting solo cruises. They actually have a program. It's called the Single Partners Program, which hosts a bunch of events like wine tastings and culinary classics classes that are geared specifically towards bringing solo cruises together and providing an environment for those solo cruises where the focus is getting the singles to kind of interact with each other. Uh, their new ship, the Konigsdam, has solo cabins, as uh, and they are priced for single occupancy. Again, speaking to a mature crowd pretty much, uh, they also do have gentlemen hosts that are available for ballroom dancing. That's some old school cruising stuff, but some of the higher end lines and you know more like more or less the ultra luxury lines do that still. But apparently, um, <clears throat> Holland America is doing it as well. So definitely, there's some there's some opportunities there if you are a solo cruiser. Again, if you're thinking about doing a world cruise, eventually, again, that's an option too. If you're going to do a world cruise, if you're a retiree, a widower, somebody who just ended up staying single. You know, this is a great, great opportunity and a great, great uh, cruise line. Sounds like to me that puts a high premium on, uh, you know, just basically um, catering to the uh, solo cruiser. Royal Caribbean, the Quantum class is, and the, which in, consists of the Quantum of the Seas, the Anthem of the Seas, and the Ovation of o, Ovation. <laughs> the Ovation of the Seas all have single studio cabins. So does the Harmony of the Seas. Not as many available, so again, you got to book fast. Theirs also have virtual balcony cabins, which are floor-to-ceiling LED screens that are showing what's pretty much going on outside in real time. They look like balcony staterooms when you, when you kind of look at them from afar. Royal Caribbean also has a ton of activities geared towards bringing solo cruises together, and you can request a table full of solo cruises for dinner if you'd like. It's not <clears throat> guaranteed that you're going to get uh, a full table, but they will do their best, and there always is solo cruises on pretty much every cruise. And you're talking when you're talking Royal Caribbean, you're talking about big ships. So there's a lot of people, thus percentages, there's going to be more solo cruises. 
All right, so why solo cruise? What are some of the reasons that somebody might take a solo cruise? Uh, I guess advantages to it because if, honestly, one of the some of the reasons are because you just have nobody to go with you, which would be my case if I was taking an extendedly long cruise. So here's some of the advantages, though, and some of the, if you look at on the bright side, this is why some people solo cruise as well. You are absolutely in charge. You don't have to be polite to anybody. You don't have to compromise your agenda for every anyone. How many times does that happen? No matter who you're with, the love of your life, your family, whatever, you probably your minds are going in several different directions when you're looking at the cruise compass or the you know freestyle daily. You, you see things on there that're chock full of activities, and the wife maybe wants to go to a spa. You want to go to the sports trivia. You know, it could be anything. So. If you're solo cruising, your day is your own, and you completely get to float around the ship as you see fit. Um, another reason, and another reason that would be attracted to me, attractive to me, is you can get some work done. You know, if you're cruising with somebody, especially if you're just cruising with one other person, forget about trying to get some work done because it's just being rude. If you, you know, trying to, you know, answer emails or, or respond to people or taking phone calls while you're on a cruise, if you're on the cruise by yourself. It's a great, great way to relax, refresh. You could sightsee, you could party, but also feel no shame opening up the laptop and turning on the, uh, you know, turning, you could pretty much turn the Caribbean Sea into your office for the week. Um, what else? Stateroom stays the way you want it to. Some people are messy, some people are clean, some people leave stuff here, some people leave stuff there, some people prefer that you take up the drawers, some people want all the closet space. You are, you, some people want to, you know, take whatever garbage or, or food or room service and get it immediately out. Some people don't care if it hangs around for a little while. You keep your stateroom exactly the way you want it. You don't have to guess whether your roommate or whoever you're cruising with is uh, you know, going to be upset or you know, in any way annoyed by the pile of laundry that's building up in the corner, in your little corner, uh, that's starting to develop a certain set type of musk to it. You know, if that's what you want, the way you want to roll, that's the way you want to roll. Um, that's another way. Stateroom stays the way you want it. Also, people are always more friendly and in a better mood on a cruise. So it won't be a problem making new buddies. So if you want to cruise by yourself and you want to make new friends, it's very, very uh, the, the the chances are high. The percentages are high that people are going to be very, very willing f to talk to you, hang out with you, have a drink with you. They may not be may want to want to make best friends and be with you stuck to you stuck to your hip the entire time. But because of the mood that cruising puts people in, it's going to be very, very easy for you to make friends based on that. Um, all right, so if one thing does lead to another and you start closing some deals there and there's some pocketry and you got that one that's going to, you know, maybe, uh, who knows? <laughs> you, you, you could, uh, you know, this is the reality of it. Not that it's, it is, you know, it's ideally it's a family show. But sometimes one thing leads to another and you want to, you know, take things to the room. Uh, if you have a roommate, you're going to have to work in shifts to make that happen. Uh, and if you're by yourself, solo cruising, you got the room to yourself. You don't have to worry about roommates. Everybody's happy, and uh, you enjoy your night. Uh, <clears throat> I can tell you right now that in our case, we've <laughs> we've had to use the balcony. You know what I'm saying? We've had to, you know, we've had roommates, and you know, one of us, and we we make some friends, and uh, you know what? It's we're in a room, so where are we going? We're going to the balcony. You do not have to go to the balcony to uh, share a tender moment.
you can uh, do it right in your room and nobody is in there to you know get annoyed or have to leave or work in shifts with um what do you guys think are some advantages to cruising solo? If you guys can think of some, if any of you solo cruisers are out there, what would you say are some of the reasons why you like to cruise solo? Moving on, I want to get into some hints, some helpful hints that people say. Um, I did a lot of research on this. I, ter- I searched Facebook groups. I searched websites. I, ser- I talked to certain people, You know, interacted with certain people who, who have s- cruised solo before. I even put it out there a little bit on uh, Facebook too. I I, I in some of the sites, hey, let me know some of the uh, hints for solo cruisers. What do you guys think? I'm trying to do a podcast here. So here's what some of the uh, feedback I got was. And, you know, this is also some stuff that I came up with as well. So no, to me, you got to know what you want before you go. If you're looking to shut it down, fly under the radar, get some work done, relax, keep your head down, great. If something comes up, then something comes up. Otherwise, just do you and and relax and stay low. If you are looking to let loose and you're looking to meet people, then what you got to do is you got to get yourself into the right frame of mind. Like I alluded to before, you got to kind of go in knowing that you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. Don't second guess yourself. Get on that ship. Start making eye contact. Don't hesitate to eavesdrop on some conversations. I know that sounds weird, but you know you got to find out people's situations. You're just sitting there, you're having your drink, and you may overhear a conversation or two. For example, if you're an attractive 28-year-old woman and you see a couple, I would say probably don't dart for the husband unless it's a swingers cruise or something like that. That's an obvious one. But in general, you should just listen. First, assess the lay of the land. Listen to what people are saying. You'll hear people's stories. You'll hear interesting things. And you know what? It may or may not be appropriate for you to interject and a conversation might start. But that's just more of a gut thing. Your gut's going to tell you when to do that, when not to do that. You may <laughs> you may screw up. You may interject in a conversation that you're not welcoming. Okay, so what? It's about 5,000 more conversations that you're going to listen to and you'll get in on the next one. All right, pre-cruise. Before you even get on the ship, there are message boards. There's cruise critic roll calls. There's uh, meet and greet setups where you know you're on cruise critic and you can set up uh, to where you're meeting 20, 30, 40 people before you even set sail. Uh, a lot of these cruises have you know there's Facebook groups uh, for the cruises themselves, the Shipmate app for your particular cruise as well. Start interacting with people before you get on the ship. That is very very easy to do nowadays and a beautiful thing. I think it should be more. I think there should be more avenues. I think it maybe should be one central location where people go. It just seems like there's like 30 people on Cruise Critic, 15 people on Facebook, maybe another four or five people on Shipmate. So it gets a little tough to kind of, and none of them want you or will allow you to promote the one site. So you really kind of have to deal with that. But I like to do it. I usually don't end up going to any meet and greets. And I usually don't even interact with the people that I interact with prior to the cruise. I have a couple of times, but it, for whatever reason, I'm not trying not to. It just doesn't end up working that way. We're all getting each other pumped up for the cruise. I'm like, oh, we're going to see this one. We're going to know that one. Once in a while you do, but most of the time it's just like, oh, well, you get caught up in your cruise. You're meeting other people. You're hanging out with your own people that you came with. If you're solo, you can. You can. You can. Meet and interact with these people at the leather, leather at the level you desire to. So that's pretty much it. Uh, what else? Don't do any time dining. If you do any time dining, you're gonna be all over the place. And honestly, okay. Well, if you're a real extrovert, if you're the D type, 
I'm sure there's no problem with anytime dining. But if you aren't, if you have any question about your ability to kind of mix and mingle with people, I would say ask to be put at a large table and if possible, request a table that has other solo cruises like we said before that Royal Caribbean does. The other cruise lines will do it too. Uh, it's not always, they can't guarantee that you know we're going <clears> to <throat> put you at a table that is 100% uh, you know, solo cruises, but most cruise lines will do their best to accommodate that as much as possible. Another term, don't drop anchor. This is a term me and my friends used to use when we used to, when we were 20 years old, 25 years old. We'd go to the clubs and, you know, it was really, it was really more of hateration than anything else. And we were hanging out, having some drinks and, you know, one of us would start talking to a young lady or, or whatever. And the other, fellas in the group wouldn't be talking to a young lady we'd be, and then the guy ends up talking to the girl for like you know whatever 15 20 minutes half hour hour and a half the night goes on he's obviously making headway they're having a little connection and all the hating guys all the other ones in our group myself and whoever it was who wasn't talking to a girl would be like oh look at so-and-so's dropping anchor you drop an anchor. Yeah, we were trying to hang out, but you decided to drop anchor with that. So you, you're basically getting your foot stuck in the mud and not interacting, and you're pretty much shut down. You know, totally, totally understandable. If you drop an anchor, you're probably doing what you're supposed to do. But if you're not, you know, if if the if the pockets aren't coming your way fast and furious, you you know, you're coming up with names to uh, try to act like it's a he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. So you oh stop dropping anchor. But either way. So first day, don't get caught up. I would say don't drop anchor into four-hour conversations on the first day. You want to lay groundwork. You want to say hi to people. You want to move along. You want to, you know, leave an impression on people. And you want to, you know, let them know that you what your situation is. You want to find out their situation. But you also want to keep your options open. You want to find somebody, talk to them head-to-head, one-on-one for four hours. Then you find out they're a freaking weirdo and, uh, you know, you got to try to move on. Then you got to start all over somewhere. What I would say is just put your feelers out there. Just say hi to people. Have casual conversations move along get to know as many people as possible then by day three you'll know who will be lucky enough to get the lion's share of your time for the rest of the sailing all right they also have besides the facebook groups that cater to specific cruises where you can interact before the cruise they also have facebook groups that cater to solo cruisers there are a few some of the cruise lines have some of them are cruise line specific but that's okay i saw one uh that dealt with carnival and it was funny. I was in, it was interesting for me because I'm reading it, and these are all solo cruisers, which I think is cool. They have a little forum. They have a little you know thing. And I was like pissed because I saw one woman put up there like, oh, I'm thinking about cruising solo for Valentine's Day. And like two or three people were like, cool, yeah, sounds like a great idea. <clears throat> but like three or four other, well, maybe not three, maybe two or three other people were like cruising on Valentine's Day. I don't know, cruising on holiday. That sounds kind of only. Why would you do? I'm like, are you a t- are you a solo cru- you're on a a thread for solo cruising, a group for solo cruising. And you're obviously solo cruising to a lot of people is uncomfortable enough. And this woman is coming out and saying, "Well, she wants to cruise solo on Valentine's Day." Clearly because she's not in a relationship and clearly because she doesn't want to be sitting around at home thinking about that she's not in a relationship and she's going to have people from that group who are solo cruisers are going to kind of troll her a little bit and big time her and be like, ugh, cruising on Valentine's Day solo? That sounds kind of sad and lonely. I mean, you're the exact person who really shouldn't be doing that. You know, encourage her to, you know, do whatever she wants. Some people will look at you and say, whoa, why are you going on a cruise solo whatsoever? You know what I mean? So I don't think there's anything wrong with any of it. If you want to cruise solo, 
cruise solo. If you want to cruise solo on a holiday, on a romantic holiday, whenever you want to, I don't think there's that much of a difference either way. Cruise how you want to. Take to the seas however you want to. And uh, again, let the stuff like that roll off your back. And I couldn't help it. I had to weigh in a little bit. And I had to say, hey, why are we... <laughs> I, should, I should keep my mouth shut. But I just had to say, hey, why are we... I think it's weird to judge people who think they want to cruise on Valentine's Day. Because we're all talking about solo cruising. So I couldn't help myself. Whatever. All right. So let's talk big ship solo cruising versus small ship solo cruising. There are strong advantages to both. A lot of people that where I've read... I say I see a lot of people saying make sure it's a small ship. Now, small ship is great because I think it's a little of both because you get uh, everything is more within reach. If you hit it off with someone, you're way more likely to bump into them again each day since the vessel is more confined. Also, smaller ships have less dining options and entertainment options, so you won't have to worry as much about them being in different restaurants or doing a different activity. You won't have to chase them around the ship as much because again it's a small ship pretty much common sense right but then on the other hand you have the big ships and the big ships you got to think they're good because of the percentage game you will have a way bigger pond to fish in and i'm not just talking about romance or anything like that i'm just talking about meeting people if you're in a big ship there are a lot more people so whether you want to just be buddies or something more you will have to work a little harder to make an impression because like let's just say the oasis of the seas for example uh you likely won't see that person again unless you make it your business to. So the advantage to the big ship is that there are more fish in the sea and the disadvantage is that you are going to have to hustle and you're going to have to work harder and you're going to have to make sure that when you do meet someone that you like, you're going to have to probably say, you know, let's make a point. Okay, let, let, let's meet here later. What are you doing? What show are you going to? Let's meet at Starbucks before we go into the show. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So that's one thing that you should probably keep in mind if you are uh, sailing solo on a big ship <clears throat> you know that the, like i said the disadvantage to a small ship is you know you may meet fifth they may only be 15 solo cruisers on the entire ship itself so you know there's there's advantages and there's disadva- disadvantages to both all right so there's other uh, opportunities there's a website called singlecruises.com and it's uh it's a great website because, I don't know, they do maybe five, six a year. Some of them are all ages. Some of them are 20s and 30s. Some of them are 30s and 40s. Some of them are 50 and over. So you have a, a mix and match opportunity. They leave out of different places throughout the country. Some are overseas as well. They'll do holiday cruises. They'll do it all. Singlescruises.com. Now, my first cruise I ever went on was the Carnival Miracle way back in uh, – Interestingly enough, there was a singles cruise. Now, singlescruises.com. Don't get it like uh, confused because it's not an entire cruise ship full of single people. What it is is a company, singlescruises.com, basically does their own group cruise. And whoever signs up and pays through them, they obviously clearly get the commission and they get, they get you know, they have to pay for the cruises, but they're probably doing a little bit of a markup. And then what they do is if you've paid for the through singlescruises.com, you paid a little bit more, but you'll have access to every single event that they do. And what they do is, you know, keep everybody busy with mixers, whether it's at the Lido deck and here and there and a bunch of stuff the whole way, the whole way through, just kind of like forcing singles to interact. And really, 
This might be the best option if you're looking to meet people because there really is no escape. Wherever there's an opportunity to go, you are invited, and it's almost like a mixer. You know what I mean? So check out that website if you're interested in cruising single and meeting people, singlescruises.com. Like I said, you pay a little. Oh, and another huge advantage to that website is that you can do the option of rooming with somebody. You know what I mean? And at that point, that's non-committal. Like you're not rooming with somebody and saying, "Okay, we're, you know, we're best friends. Do you like guacamole?" Jump on the bed and, you know, all that stuff. No, it's not like that. It's, you know, this is a roommate situation. If you end up being friends and you do have a connection, sure, whatever. You you that's your buddy. But if not, you know, really this is a business relationship. You didn't want to pay the full double occupancy. Neither did I. So here's the opportunity to save some money. And, yeah, I'll see you at the event. Uh, another another thing that I kind of come up with, play trivia. Oftentimes they ask you to team up with people. You'll sit down for the trivia, whatever the topic is, whether it's country music, whether it's, uh, you know, Michael Jackson trivia, sports, uh, Harry Potter. You sit down and the guy shows up and you start talking to people around you. And they'll say, okay, we need – we need eight groups and there'll be a lot of people and then one group will look over another group and say okay you want to combine you know what i mean whether they because they made friends or whether they think they have a good general spread of knowledge that gives them a better chance to win those are some of the reasons people come together now if you're a solo cruiser chances are you're going to end up in a group you're not going to you know you're going to you're going to Jump in on one of those groups, and that gets the whole ball rolling for you to be talking to people and having conversations, and you could latch on to either a team, and you'll be interacting within moments. So uh, play the trivia. I definitely uh, recommend that. Another one I would say is, you know, in the spirit of D, step out of your comfort zone and give them something to talk about. What do I mean by that? Go for it. Go at it with karaoke. Uh, volunteer when applicable, when when somebody in the show is looking for a volunteer. Uh, you know, Let yourself be seen. Let people see you and turn yourself into a ship celebrity. Like I said, I've done that. Not as a solo cruiser, but I've done it, and it always works. One time I was known as the guy that woke up at 10 a.m. on the Lido deck. Um, <laughs> people was like, hey, didn't you wake up on a Lido deck? Uh, yes, I did. All right, you know, So I'm not saying it's for a good reason, whatever, but. One time I was known as the guy who took part in the open mic, and I went up there, and I had a tip, uh, uh, a line that I had in my head that I knew was shocking. I had heard from another comedian, another comedian, like I'm like I'm a comedian. No, I heard from somebody else say it, so that's why I said another comedian. But I listened to – he had a line. I went up there. There was 300 people in the room. I stepped up to the microphone, and I said something that um, – Let's just say made people's jaws drop, and I wouldn't repeat it on this podcast, but it was, you know, I went for the shock value, and boy, did I get it. The uh, cruise director was kind of sitting in the corner acting as like a judge, and he had his, he was like, had his mic on, had his mic live, and when everybody would go on, he would kind of introduce the next person, and he was silent for about 10 seconds himself, so it was like pure silence for about 10 seconds, and like a slow laughter started to develop, and then the cruise director just goes, holy shit and he goes and that's a first i've never cursed into this microphone so uh we don't have to get into what i said it's not necessarily something i want to repeat i want to uh you know keep my credit <laughs> keep whatever credibility i have left with you guys um that one went too far but i did have people approaching me for the next five days you're the guy who said <laughs> yeah that's me so to me that's uh, some of the things you keep in mind if you are a solo cruiser. That's pretty much it as far as solo cruising. If you guys have any any suggestions for solo cruisers, 
any, whether it's a cruise line, whether it's something you should do, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let, let us know some of your experiences, good, bad, or indifferent, solo cruising. And that's pretty much it, what I have for this week. So what we'll do now is get into some emails. Here we go. Hey, Tommy, my name is Aaron, and I was listening to your last podcast, uh, episode 39, News and Emails, and thought it was fantastic. Just wanted to chime in for Brian with Cruising with Kids. I'm about to take a cruise in December with my wife and, at the time, my one-and-a-half-year-old. I picked up. Uh, I picked and have stayed with I picked and have stayed with Carnival for the simple fact that they always have been great when I was a kid cruising. I have taken over my lifetime thus far five cruises and always with Carnival. I was intent on going with Royal Caribbean but decided against because of the experience I always remembered having on Carnival. As for itineraries, I would suggest the Eastern Caribbean just for the fact that it is supposed to be easier seas. I do have a question for you, Tommy. We are taking the Carnival Sunshine to the Eastern Caribbean for a nine-day out of Port Canaveral. What is the best excursion to do on St. Martin and St. Kitts? Also, if you're looking at doing a different job, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, because I went off a little bit last week on uh, my career, which <laughs> a couple of people made fun of me about, but I, I agree. So uh, if you are looking at doing a different job, I would suggest Carnival for their PVP. Lord knows they need a good PVP. I have had one for this cruise and know from now on that I will either book myself or use a travel agent because the PVP I got linked up with has zero follow-through. Become a PVP and I'll make sure to always be booked through you, my friend. Hope that joke wasn't too lame and that the, this email wasn't too long-winded. Happy sailing and see you out on the ocean. Aaron from Albuquerque. Aaron, thank you for the email so much. So, hey, let's get into uh, – well, thank you for the advice. And uh, I wanted to say, Brian, hopefully you're hearing this right now. And, you know, for, uh, Aaron says, go with Carnival for the kids. Aaron asks me, uh, St. Martin, what to do on St. Martin. Oh, my gosh, what not to do on St. Martin. There are an endless amount of things. One thing I suggest you do is make sure you take a cab places and interact with the driver because the driver's there for a hundred percent. Now watch, you'll get lucky, unlucky, and then you'll get the bad, you'll get the crappy one. But every driver I've taken in St. Martin, they seem to get it. They seem to love to. Every cab ride I took was almost a tour guide in itself, and just listening to them go on and on about how proud they are of their island is out of control. I do a port profile on St. Martin, so if you want detailed info, I would suggest you go look in the back episodes and check out the St. Martin port profile. But what to do in St. Martin? What people say is that if you haven't done anything yet, you should go to uh, Maho Beach or Aeroplane Beach and check out the planes landing right over your head. I'll be honest with you. The beach is kind of crappy. It's very, very small. It's very, very crowded. But yes, I do agree that that is an experience that you have to do once. You have to see those planes that fly in and they land basically right over your head. At the same time, there is, and I'm forgetting the name of the bar that's right there, a really cool high-energy outside beach bar. That's cool. If 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 you're not particular about your beaches, uh, fine. Then go to Maho, then hang out and make it a Maho Beach Day. But uh, Maho Beach to me, with all the beautiful beaches that are in St. Martin, Maho Beach isn't one of the nicest ones. Um, If you're looking for a beach day and you just want pure, scenic beauty, I mean, just like screensaver type stuff, you want to go to, um, what is it called? Uh, Orient Beach. Uh, 
keep in mind uh, some of it is a nude beach. It's really don't worry about it. It's it's not even like if your kids a year and a half. It's not like sexy nudity. It's not like sexual in any way. It's just on the uh, you know it's it's just a very European thing. And people, some people you'll see you'll see an ass. You'll see a, you know you'll see more than you want a little bit here and there. But in any way, shape, or form, I don't know how to explain it. It's just nothing weird about it. For some reason, you just don't even care. Uh, but that is Orient Beach. What else? I love walking the downtown area. There's tons of stuff to do. There's a whole kind of bustling downtown district. And right on the other side of all the stores and the shops is restaurants and bars, then a boardwalk, and then um, what is it called? Uh, Great Bay Beach? Yeah, Great Bay Beach, which is a beautiful beach too. It's not – it doesn't touch Orient Beach as far as picturesqueness, but it's beautiful as well. You get to see your cruise ship docked from there, and there's tons of stuff to do. I would say it's more of like a – if you're looking to stay more connected with civilization, that's where you go because everything is still right there. You can get drinks on the beach. You could still do that at uh, Orient Beach, but it's more like I would say kind of tented type areas. You can, you know, they have kind of like mom and pop real tented off areas. There's more brick and mortar stuff if you're into that a little bit more. And when I'm eating, I kind of am. You know what I'm saying? I get it. The whole, you know, when in Rome type thing and trust the guy that, you know. <laughs> But when I see, like, you know, the guy's washing his hands from a Gatorade bucket and uh, he's set up with a tent, and it's as authentic as the experience looks, I'm probably going to go with the place that has plumbing. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. And you'll find that on, um, you know, Great Bay Beach, which is very, very close. If you're running late uh, and you want to kind of stop in to a beach real quick because you had a full day, check out uh, Great Bay Beach because it's right there. The cruise port itself is probably the most bustling and most. Uh, most going on at any cruise port that I've been to. There's a lot of stuff going on right in the, the cruise port itself. What else? Um, what else would I say? Uh, there's a French fort. I forgot the f- name of the fort um, over in uh, Margo, Mar- Marigo area. You can go to the top of the French fort and get beautiful views of the yachts and the waters. And you can kind of, you know, I went up. I, I was feeling good. I was in a little bit <laughs> better shape than I am right now. I got to get I'm doing. I'm back in the gym, so I'm getting there again. But uh, I went up the hill and I uh, walked up to the top and really felt good, fresh air up there, and you kind of see some really beautiful views. And this along the way, there's some information and stuff like that you could read, what battles ha- what happened there and this and that. And um, what else in St. Martin? I would say check the St. Martin port profile. There's, it's, it's one of the best ports there is. It's in my top three easily, if not top one or two. Um, that's about it. Uh, hopefully that helped. What else did, you, did I answer everything? As far as the uh, the PVP, I'll make the announcement here right now. Uh, I am not going to take the job as a personal vacation planner with Carnival. Uh, I got to give them a call. Let them know. She called me again today. Uh, <laughs> because I don't know. Again, I just you have to go with your gut. And as cool as it would be to work for Carnival Cruise Lines, as cool it was it would be to be <clears throat> you know selling my passion every single day which is cruising i just don't see myself at the end of the day as the office call center guy i need to have a little bit more freedom especially based on what i've been doing for the last several years with my current job i think uh i had some meetings with some of the people that are going to be taking over the building that i'm in right now and i'm very very happy with what i heard and that is probably what i'm going to be continuing to do for my full-time job and uh, so I guess the whole all-in on Always Be Booked may not happen yet. But 
you can count on what you can be getting so far, which is a couple of podcasts a week and uh, plenty of Instagram. And eventually, yes, this always be book thing. I'm telling you right now, it's going to go to another level. And I am going to do the, you know, the cruise sales and stuff like that. Again, I said the website is up. It's not ready. I hope you don't look at it. But if you want to, hey, what the hell, have at it. It's alwaysbebooked.com. And uh, you will hear from or more from that. But I'm not going to be jumping in both feet as much right now because uh, situations at work and situations through my day job that, that I have looks like I'm going to continue. It looks like there's going to be some more uh, interesting and exciting things that are going to be happening with that. And I absolutely will share those with you as they go on. All right, moving on. Tommy, just listen to your podcast on NASA. Awesome show. Do you have any information on New England slash Canada cruises, i.e. things to do and see in Halifax, St. John's, New Brunswick, Portland, Bar Harbor, Maine? Sailing on the gem on June 24th out of New York. <clears throat> any help would be great. Thanks, Cindy Bell. All right. So I do have some experience with this. I don't have anything in Maine but the Canadian places I have been to. So, And obviously the gem in New York too. So first and foremost, what I'll say on this whole cruise Lobster. Eat lots of, lots of lobster. I don't care what it is. Lobster rolls, lobster tails, lobster bisque, and just, just old plain old lobster. Eat a lot of lobster when you go up there. Halifax. It's fairly close to St. John's, so those two places are not too far apart. Basically, when you're in Halifax, you're in Nova Scotia, and that's closer to the ocean. When you hit St. John, you're a little bit inland, and Nova Scotia, what looks to me, I think it's, I think it's, like a randomly weird shaped peninsula, uh, they they kind of shield out um, St. John and uh, and and uh, that 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 part, the St. John area, is kind of shielded off. So when you're in Halifax, you're pretty coastal to the ocean. Uh, when you're uh, when you're in St. John, you're inland a little bit more. So. Um, some of the excursions on both of these places actually intersect since they're so close. So you want to make sure that you are going to pick, just for efficiency of time, you're going to pick the right one for purposes of proximity. You know what I mean? You don't want to be, you know, for Halifax, I'd say take advantage of the fact that you're close to the Atlantic. There are a bunch of opportunities to do some whale watching there. You can do deep sea fishing there. That would be what mostly excited me that's where i would gravitate towards uh but that's too adventurous you you could do a wine tour they have a place called annapolis uh wine uh wine tour that seems to be the most popular and you know in general it's just beautiful scenery you can kind of just walk around but that's pretty much what i would say for halifax for st john it's all about the bay of fundy there's something there called the reversing falls it's a series of rapids. This is gonna sound. It's a series of rapids. They flow from Saint, the Saint John River, where there is a narrow gorge, and then that water runs into what's called the Bay of Fundy. Some way and somehow, I don't know. The currents reverse before it flows into the bay because of some combination of a shift in the tides and some large underwater rocks. It's honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's way too complicated for me to give you a detailed uh, report on. It's been explained to me while I was there. I've looked at it. I've researched it. I've been right there. I've seen it. And yes, you can see the the kind of water almost goes into like sort of like a whirlpool situation as the river ends and the bay begins. <clears throat> and yes, they've told me what's going on down there. And you know what? The probably the truth is. And you want me to lie to you? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm I, I'm not that interested. <laughs> 
I, the guy starts talking, and it's a complicated explanation of why it happens. And as he starts talking, I'm just thinking, I don't care. I don't care about why these falls reverse. And uh, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to take some pictures of it. And then I'm going to go have some freaking lobster. That, that, that's my story over there. Um, so what else? Uh, I think there's you – can, you can see the Bay of Fundy on, on foot, on land. You can go there and kind of check it out from like – bridges and rocks i've climbed rocks there it's like you can do it adventurous if you want to or you can do it by vote by boat they have a kind of cool little casual like sightseeing boat and then they also have this and i think they still have it if if unless they removed it by now because i i remember when i was there they were talking about feeling like this thing was pretty dangerous and they were like were maybe or maybe not going to do away with it but it's one of those screaming type boats like like those really high speed flat boats where you kind of fly over the rapids and it's like an adventure ride you got to wear like a raincoat because you get sprayed on like crazy uh i did see it when i was there um i didn't do it but i would do it it looked cool it looked safe but um I don't know if they have that. So there's different, several different ways you could check out the Bay of Fundy and the Reversing Falls. Um, also, in St. John. Now, this seems amazing. We could not do this when I was there because the timing wasn't right. We could have went and looked at it. But what you want to do is see the tide change at the Hopewell Rocks. Uh, definitely see if the timing is right for you. This is like a small area, another one that's pretty hard to explain, but I'll try when the tide is high, you can see the top of a few rocks. It looks like there's a couple of rocks shooting out of the water and a couple of trees coming out of those rocks. And the reality is is that those things are several stories high. So they, they're like <clears throat> skinny little mountains. So when the tide goes low, the water level, like it's, it's basically the most drastic tide in, in maybe the world The because it's such a small area where the water kind of flows into. So the tide goes back out. And then the water level gets lower. It's lowered. And gradually these rocks that you just see that look like just rocks, almost like little mini islands, they you start seeing the exposed. they're exposed. And it goes all the way to the ground. And then now where there was all water, there's about several stories down. There's just like almost like a, like a beach bed. And then those rocks are like skinny little mountains that shoot up from the from the. It's really again. I'm sorry. I know I'm doing a terrible job, but it's very very hard to explain. And uh, you got to check it out. Just go and YouTube this. All right, please. Just <laughs> save me the time. It's the Hopewell Rocks. I was there. I didn't get to see them. Uh, I wanted to, but I was only going to go there if uh, if we were going to be there when the tide changed. Because otherwise, you're just going there and you're seeing the giant rocks standing up out of the ground, or you're just seeing the water and the little tiny little rocks that look like islands with the trees coming out on top. I wanted to be able to see how the tide goes out and how the rocks get slowly exposed, which looks really cool. But I would say everybody, everybody on here, if you're interested, if you're at work and you're acting like you're working and pretending and you're really not doing anything at work, look up uh, the Hopewell Rocks and do like a time-lapse YouTube video of it because – it really is a cool natural wonder. Between that and the Bay of Fundy, St. John is probably the crown jewel of this uh, cruise. Uh, great, great time. Um, Maine, I'm going to be honest with you, it's not a state that I've ever been to. But here's some of the stuff that I did look up for you that seemed really cool. For Bar Harbor, uh, I'd say you could take a rock climbing tour. <laughs> Always Be Booked officially recommends that your physician says you are healthy enough for that type of activity. And I'd say probably get a good stretch in. And 
hold on tight. Um, also, there's a bunch of fishing and whale watching available if you want to do that when you're in uh, Bar Harbor. Um, there's a place called Acadia National Park, and right next to that is Mount Desert Island. To me, when I when I looked up, it looks like they have some absolutely incredible views. You're pretty much doing a lot of hiking, a lot of nature-related stuff in Bar Harbor. But, I mean, even on uh, some of the pictures I saw, uh, the view from the top of Mount Desert Island looks amazing. And it's almost like, man, is this really America? Is this really the east coast of America? Is this really a five, six-hour drive from New York City? Amazing. As for Portland, I don't know what to tell you. Just explore the town or stay on the ship. There are some really cool-looking lighthouse tours by boat, but those, honestly, very, very expensive. I didn't really see anything that jumped out at me that's a huge value or like a must-see for the money. I'm sure you can fish. I'm sure you can whale watch, hike, see some of the beautiful sights as well. But I wonder how different it is from like Bar Harbor at the end of the day, which seemed to have a lot more choices, quite frankly, when I was looking around. Again, I have not been there, and I'm not going to make shit up for no reason. So on this one, I would say just do your own thing or, honestly, go to the Shore Excursions deck, desk. And I hate to pass the buck, but again, I'm sure you'd rather me say that than to act like I've been there and act like I can swear by this beautiful wine tour or this you know city tour or this great hike that I know you're going to have a good time on. I don't. So, um, Question I had for you, are you, are you living in New York or are you flying in? Is New York your home and you're sailing out of there because you're already there? And the gem. Have you done the gem at all? Let me know about that because I can do a whole show, honestly, on New York City and the Norwegian gem. <laughs> I mean, not that I will, but I could. If you want quick hits on New York City in the event that you uh, are flying in and you're not familiar with New York City, I'll limit it to stuff that's sort of close to the cruise terminal. If you have more time, let me know and I'll give you the full scoop. I mean, if you have more time in port, I'll give you the full scoop on New York City. But uh, again, that's if you don't know it. Um, but the West Side stuff, uh, pretty much Midtown and up, I would recommend seeing the Intrepid Museum. Uh, it's a former aircraft, aircraft carrier museum on the water. It's right next to your ship, um, and you can see some real cool stuff in there. Again, very, very proximal. I would say go to the Central Park, go to Central Park Zoo, uh, do the paddle boat in the lake at Central Park. I would also say maybe go to Rockefeller Center. You know, There you could do an NBC Studio Tour. And you can combo that with a top of the rock observatory. It's the top of the 30 rock where the show is. You'll see the tour. It's the same building where you'd get the NBC tour in. And you go to the top of that and this beautiful, beautiful observation deck. It's very, very modern, state of the art. Probably a better, more well set up observatory than the Empire State Building itself. And we all know the age old selling point on going to the top of the rock is because when you go to the top of the Empire State Building, you can't see the Empire State Building. So that's a good reason. Go to the TKS, T, TKTS booth. That is a booth in Times Square near those big giant red benches, like almost like bleachers. If you have any desire or interest in seeing a Broadway show, you go there early in the day. You can get deals up to 70% off discount on shows because those shows can be expensive. But you can get in there for like you find the right show. You can get in there for 30 bucks. You got to go the day of. Um if you are into nature, check out the High Line. Uh, I've never been there. I'll be honest with you. New Yorker, never been to the High Line. It's on the west side. It used to be a train station, and uh, the train doesn't run on there anymore, so they turned it into a beautiful garden and a walkway as well. If you like big, proud, uh, if you like big crowds and if you like street performers and uh, things like that, walk around Times Square. A lot of people will tell you I wouldn't be caught dead at Times Square. I'm a New Yorker 
and I like Times Square. Um, <clears throat> on the uh, well, let me, let me say this too, and this is another thing I do as a tourist when I'm in New, New York. That first day when it gets nice, I get on those big red buses. You know what I mean? Sit on them. You find out some hidden gems on the uh, city that you didn't know about. Speaking of hidden gems, the actual gem, the cruise ship gem. Check out the secret bridge viewing room on deck 12 or 13. I've definitely see, seen that. I was on the gem three times before I even knew that was there. And uh, I don't know if it's 12 or 13 or whatever it is. But it's uh, above the Lido deck. You're walking on the port side. And you could ask somebody. Somebody will tell you whether it's on 12 or 13. You're walking through some st- uh, stateroom hallway. And then you make a left. And then you're in a little bit little room. And you can kind of just a small glass that's separating you and the bridge. So you could watch them actually drive the ship. Um. We love the hibachi every time. It is hibachi. It is what it is. It's nothing fancy, but it's cool. It's fun. Let's see. Uh, find out which day, <clears throat> the last day or the second to last day, there is that Lido Deck barbecue. Do not uh, miss that. A lot of times I've missed it. I've still eaten, but I, I remember the first time, and I tell myself, but I never know when it's coming out. So try to find out when it's coming out. They do it kind of like almost like as a surprise, but I'm sure the crew on the ship knows and they will tell you if you ask don't eat lunch that day don't eat breakfast that day wait for the Lido Deck barbecue to come out and there's some delicious made to order grilled sausage rice like almost like a paella Uh, it's got grilled vegetables chicken and everything out there I would recommend absolutely trying to find out when that Lido Deck barbecue is going to be and don't eat before that day Uh, stay away from Bliss the place is creepy it's got nothing but weirdos in it especially late night um, if Kinesis is the band, they have that all-purpose pop band. They can play anything from the Beatles all the way to Lady Gaga. Uh, Kinesis, it's a guy and a girl combo singer and then the band behind them. They are awesome. Enjoy them everywhere they play. Tell Belinda, Tommy, and Sony, say hi. We saw them on two separate cruises. She remembered us, and she actually hung out with us late night. She did the show, and she was done with her show, and she came out with us to some of the bars. We actually did end up in Bliss. I just Bliss freaks me out. But we had a good time. Um, Belinda from Kinesis, if that is the band. They were on there for like two, three years. So I don't know. Maybe they're still there. All right. That's it. Hopefully that was helpful. By the way, um, I'm sorry, uh, Cindy, if there is any other questions that you have or anything regarding New York or the gem that you want to know, don't hesitate to email me back. All right. Final email. Tommy. I'm listening to this week's podcast and just had to respond in real time to Brian's question. I have a I have a toddler and family cruising experience is so this is the thing. Some people write this, please. <laughs> I'm going to ask if you could proofread these because I try to read them and I could kind of fill in a lot of times when I know you're meant to add a word in or two, but when you don't uh it just kind of comes off. Hopefully, I'm not going to stop too much if if I got to just kind of go over it, I'll just go over it. But, again, no no problem. We're all good. I appreciate the email. Tommy, I am listening to this week's podcast and just had to respond in real time to Brian's question. I have toddler and family cruising experience was important for me. I can totally vouch for Royal Caribbean experience. DreamWorks experience is amazing. We sailed on Liberty out of Galveston, which is more of a value if budget is a factor. The characters make several appearances daily, and they have a a breakfast where you pay $10 per adult and kids are free. And you get a personal experience, about five characters, a photo op, entertainment staff, and a themed breakfast in the main dining room. 
On our sailing, they offered this on two separate days. The parades are fun for the kids and the Adventure Ocean, the children's program, and Royal Tots Nursery for littles under three. Staff are the very best. We were so impressed with how professional they were, and they kept us informed. The other crew, waiters, room stewards, etc., were also amazing with our daughter. I don't know if this is fleet-wide or we just lucked out on Liberty. They knew her name. They made her feel super special everywhere she went. I would highly recommend Royal Caribbean as a family vacation at a great value. Disney is way too expensive for us. All right, so just she has more in the email, but I'll just interject on that. Perfect, perfect example. What happened last week? I answered the question and I said Carnival and Norwegian for kids because they don't screw it up and they do a great job and I've seen it firsthand. I said Oasis. I didn't recommend only because I did not see it happen. The Oasis is a very, very big ship and I didn't necessarily get a chance to see the interaction with the counselors and the kids. So here you go. Here's your proof right there that all three cruise lines do a great job with the kids. Sounds like Royal Caribbean even takes it to another level. So I think uh, you know that's that's great information, and I appreciate that. Things to consider. Not all ships have the DreamWorks experience. I believe it's Freedom Class and above, Freedom Quantum and Oasis Class. I may be wrong, but check. Um, whoever wants Brian, you could check. Uh, when considering itinerary slash ship, I know Labadee has a DreamWorks Safari Tour excursion that's not too pricey. Only kids pay, parents join free. Not sure if this is available on Coco K. It's probably not. The Labadee is way, way more advanced than Coco K. Uh, Labadee is almost like, you know, probably the second best private island to Castaway Key, which is Disney. And uh, Labadee is just amazing. I, that's definitely a bucket list. I got to get to Labadee. That's one place I have not been. Royal Caribbean also lists the ages and which excursions are kid-friendly on their cruise planner. That's huge. A lot of questions come up on that. Well, this looks really cool, but can my 9-year-old do it? This looks really cool, but can my 6-year-old do it? Is she going to be scared? Do you reckon? That type of stuff is very, very uh, invaluable, and it's a good thing that they put that on the cruise planner. I opted to do third-party and found great options for us, including ziplining with our 2-year-old in Rotan. Use TripAdvisor. There's so many options. And, of course, there's options. You can not only learn uh, how much stuff there is to do on TripAdvisor, but you clearly know you can get a good review and feedback from actual people, not people trying to sell you anything, actual people who have traveled. All right, moving on. My husband and I were able to have plenty of alone time and my family to end family time, so it was great. This was our first cruise, and we are hooked. Next cruise is September on Oasis. That's how I found your podcast, researching Oasis on Cruise Radio. P.S. I love, love, loved all your Oasis podcasts. Thank you very, very much. Um, because of this, I can't speak. Because of because if this because I'm assuming she means of. Uh, because of this, because she wrote if, because of this, I can't speak to any other cruise lines, but did want to share my firsthand experience with Royal. Moving on. I love your podcast and style. Keep up the good work. Praying for your next adventure as you figure out what's next, and I'm sure you'll be successful in whatever you choose. I really, really appreciate the prayers. means a lot. It is so appreciated, and thank you so much. Um, on another note, I know you loved theme cruises, and this isn't exactly that, but I am going on a Super Bowl group cruise. Not every vacation can be kid-focused, LOL, with an awesome group of peeps that I met online, Periscope, Podcast, Blog. They say it's a blast. They've been doing it for a few, but this year the group is so much bigger. You should consider it. Perfect adult-friendly cruise to start off the year. 
Again, thanks for all you do, Christina. Christina, thank you so much. This email is uh, <clears throat> it's long, but it's very, very appreciated. Really, it really, really is. Uh, a couple of things to go back on again. Appreciate the prayers so much. I just filled you in a little bit of of where that's going right now. I think, and she touched on something earlier too, saying that you know they were able to have plenty of alone time, and that's what I did stress as well. You know, they do such a great job with the kids. They watch the kids this and that, and that is going to enable you too. Even if it's five, four, five, two, three, whatever, how many hours you want, you want to go take your husband, wife, and the husband out on. You want to go on a date, you know. You want to go to dinner and you know, be without the kid for a little while, and then you re re up with the kid around nine, ten o'clock. The kid is going to be having just as much fun. You can see as little or as much as your kids as you want on any of these cruises. It's just like I said, I'm not a family. I'm not. I don't have. A, I don't have a immediate family, a wife and kids, or this and that, but. I could just see on the cruises how good a job that they do with them. So I recommend, you know, for kids of any age, they do a phenomenal job. And again, like I said, I've seen it firsthand. And moving on, this Super Bowl cruise, I got to hear more about this. That would be a freaking dream for me. Uh, combining <laughs> football with a cruise for the Super Bowl. Tell me, tell me uh, where do I find this? I absolutely would... Love to go on a Super Bowl-themed group cruise. Again, Christina, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And that's going to do it. Thanks for tuning in. Again, any issues, questions, comments, concerns, reactions, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I hope you enjoyed my new hit single, Drunk. I Got Drunk on the Oasis. Thank you again, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. There's a place where the boat leaves from and takes away I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine-on tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot, and I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy, 